Beloved church, I got, I got news for you. The tomb is empty. Amen for that. Now, I got I to gotta be honest with you. When I first became a Christian, I didn't understand the significance of that. It didn't, you know, people said, hey, there was a resurrection. And I understood that Jesus died for me. And we as a church, we've been talking about that the last four weeks. We've been talking about the, the last 24 hours of the life of Jesus. And in that, there's this incredible, majestic glory that shines through every moment of pain, every moment of suffering, every moment as he was tortured and willingly went to the cross for us. And that in itself, like I said, is just glorious. But that's not the end of the story, right? Now, some people, you know, they wake up on Monday morning. Have you ever, you know, it flies around the social media. They, they're like, I hate Mondays. It's so hard to get up. You know what? In a real sense, I hate Fridays because it represents that. And, and what I'm talking about is Good Friday. I, I shared this at the Good Friday service, but, you know, when my daughter was in high school, she called us late one night. She was coming from the basketball practice. And, and she gave us news that no parent ever wants to hear. She said, I've been in an accident. She said, I'm okay, but it's bad. So we immediately jumped in the car. We ran out to where she was. And there at that little intersection there, she had lost control. It was a, it was a dark and, and kind of rainy night. She had lost control, skidded into an orchard. And I could tell by the way the tire marks were on the road that she could have died in a, in a nanosecond. She could have instantly died. So I grabbed her and I hugged her and, and uh, I was so grateful that just the car was, was, was a mess, but she was uninjured. Now, every day for my church, I had to drive by that same intersection. And, and in a lot of ways, I hated that intersection because it reminded me of that sinking feeling of dread when I got that call. But I also love that part of the road because it reminded me that God is protecting my little girl and she, he has a plan for her. And I would remind her that all the time, saying, you know, you almost died, but God has, has watched over you. He has a plan for you. And in this sense, the disciples, the followers of Jesus way back then, they looked at Friday as if it was no hope at all. Their, their hearts were sunk. They watched the Savior that they knew to be the Messiah die on the cross. And there that morning in Matthew chapter 28, if you have your Bibles, flip on over to there. It's a beautiful chapter. It says that, you know, before I begin reading in verse 5, it says that there was, a, there was this, this gigantic earthquake and, uh, and this blinding light that shocked the guards guarding the tomb so much that they fainted. And then the, the Marys, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they came to the tomb, and you know what happened. Let's read it together, starting with verse 5. There was an angel there, and I, he was sitting on top of the rock. I like that part. He's sitting on the rock. I could only imagine he had a big old grin on his face, right? He looked at the ladies, and, and the angel said to the women, Don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He ain't here. Isn't that cool? He is not here. He is not here. He is risen, he said. See the place where he lay? And sure enough, they walked in to that empty tomb. They saw the clothing laying on the rock there. 
Then go quickly, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he's going to you in Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And they ran to tell the disciples. And Jesus met the disciples, and he said, yo, what's up? (laughs) He said, greetings. Sure enough, he had been risen from the dead. And you know, when I look at that empty tomb, you know what I think? There's my old life, empty. There's nothing there for me. It's just an empty grave. And and we sometimes, even as believers who believe in the resurrection of Christ, we look and, and we live in that tomb for a while. We're like, this is our destiny, I guess. It ain't your destiny, friends. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, it says, that I might know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection can be known by us. I'm not going to stand here and give you 10 reasons why historical evidence suggests that Jesus was raised from the dead. There's so much of it. And if you ever want to, you know, Google it, just Google it, and you'll see all kinds of evidence that Jesus was raised from the dead. More evidence than the fact that Julius Caesar lived and died. There's so much evidence, eyewitnesses. Jesus appeared to the three, he appeared to the 12, he appeared to over 500 people. He was raised from the dead. Later on in this chapter, we see where the the Roman guards went and told the priest what happened. They're like, this earthquake came and this light and we went in and his body was gone. And they said, you know, we're going to pay you a, bo- a lot of money, a bunch of money. And, and I want you to tell people that you were overcome by, you know, the Jews, the followers of him and, and, and they stole his body somehow. And they said, even that legend still takes place today, but it wasn't true. He raised from the dead because of that. Guess what? All the stuff that's in that tomb, your, I can't, I can't forgive that person because they've hurt me too badly. I can't see myself becoming ever free of this sin. I've tried and tried and tried. I can't forgive my husband because he's never going to. I can't, I can't, I can't, or the, I, I, I won't. All that is in the empty tomb. When the women in, went in there and saw that empty tomb, there was nothing in there for them. Nothing. The life of Jesus was on the outside. And and here's the amazing part. If you continue to read there in Matthew chapter 28, he tells the disciples, go to Mount Olives there. Go go and I'll meet you there. And sure enough, he's there. And he said, see my hand, see my, see it? And it says in scripture that some worshiped at that point. They just fell to their feet and worshiped. But it says this, but some doubted. They just couldn't live in the resurrection. They, They were stuck in the grave. And just like that first song we did, the story of Lazarus, he was the first to be raised from the dead before Jesus. Jesus called out his name, Lazarus, get out of that grave. And sure enough, he came and he merged. That's the power of the resurrection you and I can know. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow, right? Because he lives, you're you're forgiven. You don't have to dwell in unforgiveness and guilt. Because he lives, you are redeemed, a child of the holy God, right? Amen? Because he lives, you don't have to live like you did before. You can be transformed into his image. You have hope in life because he lives. You don't have to look around and say, man, this world is messed up. It's depressing. You could say, I have a hope in Jesus. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Because he lives, because he lives, because he lives. 
I like the way Alistair Begg said it. I heard this years ago, and it's been flying around the internet, but he's a preacher, and he said, you know, can you imagine? They used to teach us in, in sharing the gospel. They used to say, ask people, imagine you died, and you're at the door of heaven, the gate of heaven, and they, they open the door a little bit and say, why should we let you in? What would you say? And, and he says, you know, if, if that really happened, and it'll happen to all of us, and if your answer is anything that has the word I in it, it's the wrong answer. It's the wrong gospel. Because I don't bring anything to the table. I don't bring anything to the table. It's Jesus. And he, I like what he does. He, he uses the illustration of the thief on the cross. Do you remember the two thieves? And at one point in Scripture, it says both thieves were mocking Jesus. Yeah, look at this guy. Everybody's like worshipped him, and now look where he ended up. And, and it says at one point, one of the thieves looked over and says, wait, stop, to the other thief. He says, stop, how dare you? We're guilty. He's not. And he looks at Jesus and he says, will you bring me to your kingdom? And Jesus looks at him and says, oh, I'll tell you this day, this very day, you're going to be with me in paradise. Now, now, imagine that thief is at the door of heaven, right? Imagine they open the door and say, why should we let you in? You think he's going to say, because I'm pretty good? I'm, 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 I'm not that bad. No. All he could say is, I, I don't know. You really shouldn't. But the guy on the cross, the guy in the middle said, I can be here. And that's all they needed to hear. His name is written in the book of life, it says in Scripture, and it's, it's written with indelible ink. It can't be changed. Your name, if you've given your life over to Jesus, is written with ink that cannot be erased. And someday, all of us, someday, all of us have a terminal illness. We're going to get to glory someday. And I hope you know Jesus like I do. I hope if you've known Jesus, you're not living in the grave. I hope you're living in the power of his resurrection. Because he lives, what's your answer? You know, and I'm not going to have you answer this second, but think about it. What's your answer? Because he lives, because he's been raised from the dead, what would be your answer? For me, it's, I know grace like unbelievable grace. Tim Keller said this. He said, the gospel is this. It's realizing how unbelievably, how, how unbelievably faulted we are and how sinful we are. And at the very same moment, realizing how incredibly loved we are by the Father and how He accepts us who we are. That's, that's, that's the gospel, friends. And if you haven't given your life over to that, man, we would love to talk to you about that. Or, or that card that's in your program, you can just fill that out and drop it by. We'd love to give you a call this week and talk to you about it. Donnie, I'd love to invite you up to right now to, to close out the sermon with a song. So, Donnie's going to come up and sing in Christ alone because that's what it's all about. That's the gospel, friends. So I'm going to pray together and then we're going to finish out in worship. So Father, we just give you that. It's unbelievably great beyond words that you, the victory over death, the death has no more depressing sting anymore because you, you yourself broke the curse. You've been raised from the dead, and you invite us to be raised with you. How cool is that? And so we give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.